0: Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open up your Bibles to the Book of Numbers, chapter 33. We're going to be looking at chapter 33 this morning. Now, as we are coming towards the end of the book of Numbers, we have this sermon and next week's sermon, and we will be done with the book of Numbers. Who would have thought that we would finish before this back wall was done? <laughs> My goodness. But we are coming to the end of our study of the book of Numbers. And what we have in Numbers 33 is a recounting of the journey that Israel has made from uh, Egypt all the way to the edge of the Jordan River in which they will cross to go into the land of Canaan. What this is is a travel log. And those of you who... Uh, read ahead who read the chapter for the week will uh, recognize that the majority of this chapter is made up of a phrase that is something along the lines of they set out from X city and they camped at Y city and then they sent out from Y city and they camped at Z and they went goes on and on and on and on and on for several verses like this and you might think well what is this all about and what does this have To teach us. But as we come and focus our attention on God's Word, we will come to see that this is a record of God's faithfulness to His people. And it reminds us of how the Lord has truly been faithful to us on our journey home. And so we will be reading verses 1 through 10 to get a little taste of what this travel log is like, and then we will skip to verse 50 and read verses 50 through 53. Hear now the word of the Lord. These are the stages of the people of Israel when they went out from the land of Egypt by their companies under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Moses wrote down their starting places stage by stage by the command of the Lord. And these are their stages according to their starting places. They set out from Ramses in the first month on the 15th day of the first month. On the day after the Passover, the people of Israel went out triumphantly in the sight of all the Egyptians while the Egyptians were burying their firstborn whom the Lord had struck down among them. On their gods also the Lord executed judgments. So the people of Israel set out from Ramses and camped at Succoth. And they set out from Succoth and camped at Athan, which is on the edge of the wilderness. And they set out from Athan and turned back to pi Hieroth, which is east of baal Zephon, And they camped before Migdal. And they set out from before Hi-Hitharoth, and passed through the midst of the sea and the wilderness. And they went a three days journey into the wilderness of Etham, And they camped at Mara. And they set out from Mara and came to Elim. And at Elim there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. And they camped there. And they set out from Elim and camped at the Red Sea. Now to verse 50. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants from the land from before you and destroy all their figured stones and destroy all their metal images and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it for I have given the land to you to possess it. This is God's holy word to us, His people. Let us pray. Father, we come to You now and we ask, Lord, that You would remind us in this time of Your faithfulness. We pray, Father, that You would remind us of Your faithfulness not only through... Your Word, not only in Your Son, Christ Jesus, in the past, but Your faithfulness to us through Your Son and Your Spirit in our lives. And we pray, Father, that we would never forget the work that You have done on our behalf. We pray it through Christ's holy name. Amen. Every time we sing the hymn, Come Thou Fount, which we are going to sing at the end of our service this morning, someone asked me the question that everybody else is thinking. What is an Ebenezer? And how do I go about raising an Ebenezer? Well, I'm going to answer that question. An Ebenezer comes from 1 Samuel 7.12. There we read of Samuel the prophet leading the people of Israel in a victorious battle against the Philistines. And in verse 12 it says that following the victory, Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer literally means a stone of help. It functions as a memorial. It functions as a testimony, a monument of the Lord's faithfulness to the people of Israel. As the people of Israel looked to this stone, they were reminded that their victory came from the help of the Lord and not by their own might. The purpose of an Ebenezer, therefore, is to act as a reminder and a testimony of the Lord's faithfulness to His people. For we are a people who often forget where we have been and how we have forgotten so often where we have come to by the Lord's help. It's easy to lose track of the way by which we have arrived at the current place in our lives. Quite literally, there are times when Monday morning someone will be commenting to me about some point I made in Sunday's sermon and I've already forgotten that I said that. And I think, did I really say that? The other day, April was commenting on a vacation we took when we were first married, and I had absolutely no recollection of ever being at this place. And sometimes I wonder, do I have a memory problem? Maybe I do. I can't remember. But (laughs) I'm reminded by God's Word that we all forget. That we all need reminding. We all need Ebenezer's in our lives lest we forget what the Lord has done. In Deuteronomy 4.9, the Lord says to this generation of Israelites, Only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. He is saying to this people of Israel who are on the edge of the promised land, the people who have witnessed manna from heaven, who have seen the Lord's power to judge and to save, people who will see the Jordan River split and will walk through on dry ground, people who will fight the battle of Jericho and see walls miraculously crash down, things that you don't easily forget, I would hope. These people will have seen divine miracles of the highest degree and the Lord is warning them, don't forget. Don't forget what I have done for you. Don't forget My grace. Don't forget My salvation. Don't forget that I have sustained and carried you. For in forgetting, we become discouraged. We become ungrateful. We become confused. And in Numbers 33, we come to a historical travel log that recounts the journey of the people of Israel from Egypt to the edge of the Jordan River. And scholars tell us that this type of log is not uncommon in the ancient Near East and it reflects a military travel schedule. It's designed to remind the people of Israel where they have been and the Lord's provision for them along the way. As a log, it just gives us the very barest of details. Much of the information seems rather insignificant to the outside reader. Nevertheless, it reveals much to those who were on the journey. The names of each of these campsites is a reminder of the ups and downs, the joys and the fears, the ordinary and the extraordinary events of the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. In this travel log, we are given an Ebenezer. A memorial of the Lord's help to his people. And as we take time to reflect upon this list of locations, it is a reminder to us of the Lord's faithfulness to us on our own journey home. Twelve years ago, I was called into the gospel ministry. And in a journal entry dated July 27, 2006, in this journal right here, I recount how the Lord moved in my life to bring me to a place of surrender to His call on my life to preach. Following this entry begins a sermon log. And so we have in here just entry after entry after entry of sermons that I have preached. As far as I'm aware, every sermon that I have ever preached, every funeral, every wedding is recorded in this book. The details are sparse. Location, date, sermon text and title, and for special occasions, the names of those I married, buried, or baptized. And I can't imagine that it would mean much of anything to most of you. It's mundane. It's repetitive. It's scant on detail. But to me, it is one of the most precious reminders of the Lord's faithfulness throughout my ministry. To me, it has become an Ebenezer. As we come to Numbers 33, the first thing that I would like to point out is that this travel log was designed to remind the people of Israel of the Lord's faithfulness to save and sustain His people. We are given these reminders in brief details. We begin in verse 4. If you look there, we see the Lord was faithful to deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt. The mightiest nation on earth. The Lord defeated them. He defeated their gods. And while they mourned, Israel fled. In verse 8, we are reminded of the Red Sea and how the people passed through the midst of the sea to be saved from the armies of Pharaoh. In verse 9, we're reminded of the Lord's faithfulness to provide water for the people of Israel throughout their journey in the desert. In verse 15, we are reminded of the Lord's faithfulness to deliver His gracious law to His people at Mount Sinai. Lest we forget, we are reminded that it was the Lord who delivered his people, and who sustains his people. As we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these forty years in the wilderness and fed you with manna which you did not know. Your clothing did not wear out and your foot did not swell these forty years. We need... To be reminded because we so easily forget the Lord's care and His provision for us. We forget how we got to where we are. Can you imagine the Israelites looking around and thinking, how did we get out of Egypt? How did we end up at the edge of Canaan? How did we even get here? But we do forget. And there are many of you here this morning that have failed to remember how you have gotten to where you are today. You've forgotten that it was the Lord who saved you. You have forgotten that it was the love of Christ that began your love for Him. That is why we are called to remember things like our baptism. We need to remember that it was by the Lord's grace alone that we were brought safely into the fold. Even if you can't remember the day, you can remember your baptism because by the waters of baptism, all of us are marked as members of God's people. Each and every one who comes into the membership of the church. And so we are called to look to the baptismal font as an Ebenezer, as a memorial of God's salvation to us in Christ. And we need reminders of the Lord sustaining us in this Christian life. We need to come to the table that says in remembrance of Me and be reminded that it is by His body and by His blood alone that we are fed and sustained on this journey home. We need to be reminded that through many hardships and troubles, He has brought us safely and He will truly bring us safely home. Look, there are honestly weeks when I'm not sure if I'm going to have a sermon to preach on Sunday morning, I get overwhelmed by the duties I am confronted with or I am confounded about how I'm going to communicate some obscure text from the book of Numbers. But then I'm reminded. I'm reminded that for the past 12 years since the Lord called me into the Gospel ministry, I've never been without a sermon to preach. I've never come into the pulpit and said, sorry, I don't have anything for you this week. But there's a testimony, a reminder that I keep next to my desk, that each and every week the Lord has been faithful. So when you feel like you have been knocked down, like you're hanging on by the very tips of your fingers, look to the stones of remembrance that the Lord has put into your life. Look to your baptism and remember that it's by His grace alone that you have been saved. Look to the table and remember that it is by His body and His blood that you are sustained on this journey. Look to the Word of God and remember that you are filled and fed by His Word. Look to your personal journals and remember. Look to old calendars to jog your memory and your thoughts. Look to logbooks and remember God's faithfulness to sustain you on this journey Home. We are called to remember His faithfulness. The second thing that this text calls us to remember is the Lord's forgetfulness. Now, I'm not sure if the word forgetfulness is the best way to describe the next point. I believe this text is making, but it was Ian Duguid in his commentary on Numbers that proposed using forgetfulness for this point. So if you don't like it, remember that it was his idea. And if you do like it, remember I chose to use it. So we need to remember the Lord's faithfulness. And next we need to remember the Lord's forgetfulness. Numbers 33 has a lot of omitted information we get glimpses of the lord's faithfulness it seems that at the very points where there is a little bit of embellishment a little bit of detail added it's about the lord's faithfulness but there is completely missing any hint of the lord's re- or of the people's rebellion along the way it's as though moses is communicating to us that the lord has forgotten all of your rebellion As we read between the lines of this omitted information, we remember that at Mora the people grumbled and complained because the water was bitter. We read the desert of sin and we recall again that the people grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Then there is Raphadim where the people quarreled with Moses. Of course, we remember Kibroth Hatava, where the people had a craving for meat. They complained about the manna that was provided for them. And then there was Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, where again the people grumbled against Moses. Remember, grumble, grumble, grumble. It seems as though the Lord doesn't. And while, of course, the Lord does not literally forget these events, He does erase them from the spiritual record of His people. That is, the Lord takes away the sin of His people so that they might be accounted righteous in His sight. For he says in his word, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far do I remove your transgressions from you. He says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. We need to be reminded that the Lord forgets our transgressions. That is, for all who come to Christ in faith, His blood has washed your sins clean. And though your sins have affected the path, they have not negated the Lord's care and the Lord's guidance on your life. We need to be reminded that we are dust, that we are weak, that we are fail, we grumble, we complain. But more than that, we need to remember that by the blood of Christ, God blots these sins away. He erases them from our record. He forgets our sins so that we can move forward on this journey home. And there are many of you here today who have kept sloppy records of the Lord's faithfulness, but you have detailed records of your failures. And oh, Christian, know that through Christ you are forgiven. That you need not be held back by a record of sin any longer. Remember that the Lord forgets your sins and He counts you as righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. On this journey home, it is long and it is hard enough. There is no need to take extra baggage along the way. So take the burden off your back and walk in the freedom of forgiveness in Christ this whole journey home. So we need to remember the Lord's faithfulness, we need to remember the Lord's forgiveness and forgetfulness of our sins. And yet there are many names on this list that don't really mean much of anything to us. We are not exactly sure why or where these places are and when I say we I mean the broader Christian community scholars there are uh, there is actually a section in one of the commentaries I read I think it said verse 18 through something 30. And it said, no record of where this is. To us, these place names are just mile markers along the highway that indicate that time and distance has passed. But to those who wandered for 40 years, each place, each name had a meaning, a memory associated with it. Life lived in the regular routine. And while we might not know the individual importance of these place names, it doesn't mean that they were not important in their own way. The ordinary was where most of Israel's journey took place. We hear much about the beginning. We hear much about the end of the journey. But the majority of the 40 years was spent in places that are as good as nameless to us. Rithma, Rimon Perez. Libna, Rishah, Shephur, Harada, and on and on and on. Ordinary, unknown places. Yet, important because of where they led. For while we do not know all the steps along the way, we do know where they ended up. For in the regular and mundane of their wandering, the Lord sustained them and He was guiding them. There must have been times when they had no hope that they would ever come to the land that God had promised them. But at the end of this list of names, we come to verse 48. And it says, And they set out from the mountains of Erebrim and camped in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. And then in verse 53, And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given the land to you to possess it. The Lord guided His people through 40 years of wandering to bring them to the promised land. And all the events that seemed unimportant added up to the very path that led the people of Israel home. And this is important. This is why it is important to look back on what the Lord has done. This is why it is important to remember where He has taken you for it reminds us of two very important and seemingly paradoxical realities. The first is that the majority of your life will be forgotten. Events and decisions that we think are of the utmost importance will soon pass away. Your children will remember the outline of your life. Your grandchildren will remember the highlights. Your great-grandchildren remember will have difficulty remembering your name. But that's okay. For the second truth is that while the details will be forgotten, each one is important because of where it was leading you. If you run a marathon, you don't remember each footfall and push-off, but you do remember crossing the finish line. When you go to school, you don't remember every equation, every spelling word, every lab assignment, but you do remember the graduation. And your diploma on the wall is an Ebenezer, a memorial, a marker reminding you that you finished, that you got there. And even though all the details you can't remember, they were important because of where they led you. And the travel log in Numbers 33 is a memorial to each step in the journey that led Israel home. And we need to look at the travel log, the memorials, the Ebenezer's of our own lives to be reminded that with each twist and turn of life, it is leading us home. Even the forgotten moments are part of the journey and are important because of where they end. For they are reminders that it is by God's help, by God's grace alone, that we have been led to where we are today. For it is only by God's grace in Jesus Christ that we will make it home. This Tuesday is the 15th anniversary of the events of 9-11. And I'm sure that many of you remember the bumper stickers, the slogans, the little ribbons that we all wore that said, we will not forget. We will not forget the 2,753 lives that were lost. We will not forget the sacrifices that were made by the policemen and the fire. Men that ran into the buildings to save people. And all throughout America and all throughout the country, even memorials and testimonies were set up so that we would not forget. It. Because these events, events were important. They were important in the story and the history of our country. They're important for us to remember so that we don't forget the lives of those who are lost and we don't forget the lessons that were learned. And as Christians, we also must take up the phrase, we will not forget. We will look to the cross of Jesus Christ as a memorial, as a reminder of the sacrifice that was made so that I could be led home. So let me encourage you this morning. Look to the reminder. Look to the memorials of life and be reminded of the Lord's faithfulness, His willingness to forget, His ability to guide. Begin with His Word and sacraments, reminders of the Lord's faithfulness to His people to save and sustain. But next, take out old pictures and remember how foolish you were and how gracious God was. Take out old journals and be reminded of details from your life you had forgotten and praise God that He guided you from that place to this. Take out old calendars. Pull out old yearbooks. Not for the sake of nostalgia, but rather as an Ebenezer to remind you that God has been working in your life this whole time. That He has been faithful to bring you through the ages of your life. And He will be faithful unto the end the next thing that I would encourage you to do is to begin to leave a record of your travels. A logbook, a journal, a detailed calendar. So that in the future, you and your children can see the Lord's faithfulness. The Lord says, remember. Why? Why? He says, only take care and keep your soul diligently lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. We need to pass on the story of the Lord's faithfulness to us so that the next generation might be reminded that the Lord is guiding us. So as part of your devotions, or as a weekly Sunday routine, jot down a reminder of life. Jot down a reminder of the Lord's work. Jot down places where you have prayed and the Lord has answered those prayers. And remember the Lord's faithfulness. That He never left you, nor will He. But He will lead each one of us safely home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to You now and we confess that not only have we forgotten, but so often we are blind to how You have led us and guided us. We pray, Lord, that each one here would be reminded. They would be reminded of Your faithfulness to them throughout their lives. We pray that they would be reminded that You have have blotted out their sin, that You have forgotten their iniquity. And they would be reminded that You have guided them in this life. We pray, O God, that we would never forget Your work for us through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.